0: Marvel's first family, the children of the Atom. They are both inevitable in the MCU. And this week we're going to dive in and discuss what we might expect with this new transition in integrating those worlds into the grander scheme of what the MCU is already. It's already massive. Welcome to the MCU Pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host, Mike Moody Garcia.
1: Hey, what's up, guys?
0: And we're joined... Once again, by our good buddy, friend of the pod, and indie comics artist, William Cardini. Hey, everybody. And once again, we're also joined by our resident lawyer, Elliot Fontanet. Hey! (laughs) I'm calling you our resident lawyer in case we (laughs) we ever get in trouble. You're going to have to help us out.
2: Uh, I mean, I've I've helped out a bunch of my friends at this point, so (laughs) four look for more.
0: Thank you. Um, Yeah, so uh, like I was saying, we decided this week that we wanted to go ahead and try and tackle... A little bit of discussion on what is going on with Fantastic Four, with X-Men, those two giant franchise properties in and of themselves and how they might integrate here into the world of the MCU. We've we've seen other iterations of those films and franchises. Um and uh we'll go into our thoughts as well about how those have already turned out. But um before we jump into all of that, I wanted to go ahead and do some quick house cleaning. Um, every week we try and broadcast here live via YouTube and you can join us by going to youtube.com slash MCU pod there. You can go ahead and grab Loki by the ankles and smash his body right down on that subscribe button. Uh, Additionally, You can uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you're going and listening over on Spotify or over on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe there. Um, If you're over on either of those, you can go ahead and give us a review. Apple, give us a five-star rating. Write a little review on there. That helps us out a lot. Um, On YouTube, if you're watching live right now, you can go ahead and uh, say hi in the comments. Nicole Jackson says, yay, Elliot's here. Oh, (laughs) hey. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, people are all in the chat joining us. It's, it's fun that we do this live. We get to engage directly with you. And we would love for you listeners who uh, haven't taken that opportunity to join us live to go ahead and jump on here. So, you know, stay tuned to the YouTube channel. We try and do these on Friday nights around 9, 9.30 p.m., depending upon what works best for everyone's schedule. And, oh, one more thing I was going to add. Uh, Patreon.com slash MCU pod. You go here, you can make a per month pledge. So that means give us two bucks a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, and you can join us over there where we um, occasionally post a little exclusive stuff for you to say thank you for the support that you give this little podcast venture. We heart y'all, and you're the greatest. Um, Alright, well let's go ahead and... Uh, it's a little heart. Let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, I thought we would start with... Um, the Fantastic Four. You know, I, I have our, our little graphic here of our X Men and our Fantastic Four. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's the Fantastic Four we should start with because that's the one that we've officially got this little teaser logo for that they're advertising that the next, um, the, the film should be coming out mid summer 2023, I think.
1: Question. Yes. So this logo uh, debuted in video form. In Marvel's last like sizzle reel, right? That was like right. showing us all the like whatever footage they had from the uh phase four, right? It's a love letter to itself, yes, right? I thought because people are like, wow, the fantastic four logo, and I was like, I think that that just symbolizes phase four. No, but this, they
0: announced fantastic four for this previous to that thing that just came out yeah, a couple weeks ago, too,
1: right? And then I, I found the fantastic four marvel studios official twitter handle and it it had this logo so i was like okay Mm. i thought i was superior i was like oh, you fucking fanboys (laughs) don't know what you're talking (laughs) about no i
0: think um i think this is uh legitimately one of the upcoming projects they even have now assigned um a a director it's gonna be john watts the same guy who's been doing the spider-man franchise yeah so he's gonna pick up after that with this and a lot of people thought that it might be um peyton reed who mm -hmm. who did ant-man i think that's probably because um he's always been a big fanboy of fantastic four and was probably trying to get it but i i think there's a good reason why he won't and that's because i think ant-man will be a prelude to fantastic four potentially
2: Well, also, just if you look at sort of what you, the lift you have to do with Fantastic Four, it's very similar to what you had to do with Homecoming after Amazing Spider-Man. It's like you sort of have to cleanse a palate to a certain degree, and they'll probably do some introduction before just to hype it up. But you need somebody that you can trust to do that, because I like the Ant-Man movies, but I can't say that they they couldn't be better with, like, a better director.
0: I mean, I, I don't... Hearing you, that it's John
1: Watts, I wasn't necessarily like,
0: oh, yay! Were you yeah. guys, like, excited to hear that he was going to be the director?
1: Yeah, I like his sensibility a lot. I think um, I think he gives those movies a lot of originality in the margins, like, with the mm-hmm. casting, and also with the music choices. It's, like, these are movies, like, I mean, they're aimed at people like us who love the comics and love the characters, but they're also aimed at the younger generations. And they're putting like obscure, like uh, '80s, you know, uh, Paul Simon songs in there that people don't know, and it it works, and it just creates this like this cool little world that's really poppy and fun. So I think he has a unique signature, so I'm excited for it.
3: My wife's favorite Marvel movie is Homecoming. And she doesn't really like a lot of them. So that kind of makes me excited to think that maybe it'll be something that appeals more to her. Um, It also makes me think, what if Spider-Man is kind of a bridge to Mm -hmm. the Fantastic Four, like Johnny Storm and Spider-Man kind of have a friendship
2: going back? Right.
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom Holland pop up in the Fantastic Four.
2: Yeah. And one of the things that's so great about a lot of the – the Opportunity to do these properties sort of sort of like um, the Amazon show. I know we're not supposed to be talking about it, but Invincible. It, it sort of that show cleans up a lot of the comic books sort of sequencing issues. And Marvel does a lot of the same thing. They clean up a lot of things that sure it was fine for a comic, but they really shave off the rough edges. And maybe it starts off that Johnny Storm is like a classmate. And that's how they connect in. And it's like, oh, this is my dad Reed. He does a lot of he's, he's, he does a lot of crazy experiments now. What I would love is like a fifties period piece movie where they they like something goes wrong and the, the thing that gives them their powers sends them 70 years in the future. Like Ooh. that's the one.
0: Yeah. It was already fun when we had Captain America be the the man out of time, but mm-hmm. now you know rest in peace. We need uh, we, we need someone else. Who uh, doesn't get these crazy progressive ideas that are going on in our society nowadays?
2: Becomes a big Trump fan.
0: Oh God, <laughs> Reed is just unrepentantly like causing insurrections and shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, how do you guys think? What would be your pitch, or what do you think might be the approach for integrating them into this world now that it's already established? Because the fantastic four are known as marvel's first family they're were, they're were one of the the earlier um, superheroes on the scene and they were kind of like grandfathered in as like legacy characters for to see all these other people pop up and then see them pop up later is a little bit weird um mike what do you think
1: the possibilities are pretty endless with the mcu um, but if this is going to be a film, and it, it is going to be a film, not a series, right? Correct. Yeah. I am going to piggyback on Elliot's idea. I really like the man-out-of-time idea. I like the family-out-of-time idea. I think that from a viewer's perspective, um, having a family-out-of-time like that with these strange powers, no matter how they got them, is going to give us a story where we we root for them, right? Because they're going to be out of place, out of time, fish out of water. And if they cast the right people, they're going to be charming. We're going to like them and we're going to instantly root for them because it starts out as a tragedy. Um, they're taken from their home, taken from their, um, their time thrust into our fucked up world of 2022 <clears throat> or whenever it's going to come out and they're going to need some help. So, um, Elliot, please write the script. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you notes. I'm here. You got my email. Let's do it.
2: The script is gonna look like a legal brief.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm not I'm not looking at that. Uh yeah. right, Will, Will what are you what are you feeling?
3: I think it's interesting that both of y'all are into that because to me, I'm like, they did it with Captain America. I want I want them to just start fresh, totally flip things up. You know, the Fantastic Four started. Marvel comics as we know it today, but let's, let's just introduce them to this world and make it completely different, you know, and just, I, I kind of want to see it just continue the story and just see how they could kind of bring those things in without going back in time. I mean, I guess I could see, you know, they're trapped in the negative zone or time travel or whatever, but I don't know. I kind of want to just see it move forward in time. And
2: I mean, look, well, I'll I'll cop to that's, the the out-of-time thing is a complete cheat. Like That, to me, is an easy mode for that script. Because you're going to get so much sympathy automatically from the audience.
0: Well, I mean, Dennis McElwain says, uh, Man Out of Time was barely a plot point for Cap. Which,
2: I mean, it it
0: I think it did ultimately play into his overall story that he didn't feel of this world, and he's still got the weight on his shoulders, but eventually he gets to go back in time to be with the love of his life. So... I'd argue it was somewhat there, but I guess they weren't constantly leaning on the fact that he he doesn't belong in this era. He felt well, like he could be in any time.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was it was talking about it, but you know, thinking about it, I had never really thought about it that deep. It felt like the reason he was trying to get back was not so much he was out of time as he's such a good person because it that super soldier serum enhanced what was in you. Right. He just like I found my dance partner. I got to go back. No matter what I can do, he could never he was not that guy that's like you broke up, go get another lady. He was he's not that guy. That's not who he is. He's not he's not going to pick up artists. That's not his I know. No, no.
1: I mean, but he and Black Widow definitely fucked in Winter Soldier off-screen though, right? <laughs> I I bet you I would I would bet you
2: money that Canon he was a virgin when he went back to 1943. Ah. Yeah, the most he did was You're just right.
0: kiss, kiss her niece and make out with her. But
2: <laughs> yeah, even that, it's like, man, you—that's weird. Like, because he had to see her later in the alternate timeline. He's like, oh, how do I, don't I don't explain know. this? <laughs> well, I, I
0: think one of the interesting things to think about is um, there was already a period piece Fantastic Four that was done perfectly, which was called. The Incredibles. <laughs> Basically, they had this family that was in this mod 50s, 60s kind of era. Um, the Archer, had a lot the Archer of the timeline.
2: Same... Hmm? The Archer timeline.
0: Yeah, it had a lot of the the same um, properties and characteristics of, of the Fantastic Four. You got uh, the person with invisibility, the person who um, the little baby can turn into fire, stretchy and super strong. So it was... You know, for all intents and purposes, the Fantastic Four. But uh, you know, I'm still there with you guys. I like this idea of, um, of the Fantastic Four being kind of brought into this world, and that's where I kind of think that the multiverse might be a little bit more at play because um, one of the movies that I think is going to be coming out right before, uh, I know Gardens of the Galaxy is going to be the one like right before uh, uh, Fantastic Four, but I think Quantum Mania might actually play a part in it. Because I think that the quantum realm, and we saw like Wasp and Ant Man in the quantum realm at one point, and we saw like in the background, like there was this like city, this tiny looking little city. And we already also know that King the Conqueror is going to be playing a role as one of the big bad villains, and King the Conqueror um, kind of conquers people throughout different times and uh, dimensions, right? That's kind of my understanding. I think that someone else had proposed this idea that the fantastic four might be trapped in that little city we see in the quantum realm Mm. and they went exploring and were forgotten in time. These, these explorers from the fifties that or sixties that went out exploring in space and they got trapped in the quantum realm. They got powers, but it will take the events of, uh, either Quantumania or uh, King the Conqueror, whatever's going on there, to bring them out either into our modern era of this world or they, they're going to cross um, the multiverse into this world. And I think they'll already have been characters established that will kind of like see a flashback of how that happened with them. But now they're trying to figure out their own place in this modern era and, and our our MCU. That's kind of my
2: thought. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense because Marvel likes to... They, they, they always want to earn everything. Like, they're never... Like, they had an entire six episodes just to show a brother picking up a shield. So, I mean, they want everything to be to be earned. So, I mean, I can see that happening. I think that's a good idea. But I wanted to hear... Uh, Will, you you had, like, a, you wanted to, like, completely be redone, you were talking about? I just mean that...
3: The idea of the Fantastic Four is foundational to the Marvel Universe. redo that part. Mm-hmm. and they're just this new thing that's introduced. And maybe, you know, I mean, Reed's a genius. He does all these things. like maybe he kind of like changes a lot of things up with the world building and has a big they have a big impact on how things work.
0: I mean, this is what we are already dealing with. <laughs> We've had modern takes on the Fantastic Four. And
2: they've been. Um, the awesome. first one was okay. It was not
0: bad. Yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. Chris Evans alone in that movie, when he has his like, um, his like big climax in the movie, is really, really good.
1: Like, I think yeah, they got Captain America. There's definitely some positive elements to those first two movies. They're they're really fun to watch. They're not great, obviously, but a little bit of the kind of comic Marvel template is in those movies. Um, Of course, they feel a lot more like like late 90s, bad superhero movies, even though they came out in the 2000s. But uh, and also the Silver Surfer movie had like the way the Silver Surfer was rendered and visually and the way Doug Jones played him and the way he worked into the story was actually really good. So there's some good stuff to those first two movies. Doug Jones is great.
0: Yeah. Um, Nicole Jackson says, "I just want them to make it so that those of us who didn't read the the comics understand what's going on with Fantastic Four. Yeah, I they'll make it accessible. Yeah, I think that's one of their higher priorities. They don't want to mm. they don't want to ostracize a big chunk of the audience. And I you know, for my part, I haven't read a whole lot of Fantastic Four comics either, so I'm not super well versed.
2: I mean, Randy's going to come murder me, but there are some good runs, but there are not many good runs of Fantastic Four. I
0: know.
3: By uh, ha- oh, heart.
2: <laughs> it's funny. I've
3: been rereading some of those early Jack Kirby, Stan Lee ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jack Kirby's my hero, but they, they're pretty bad. There's some bad moments. And, you know, there's a lot of sexism. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sue Storm is treated horribly by everyone in the family. There's an issue where I kid you not, the thing spanks her and it is very cringe it's very cringy it's hmm. so bad and this
0: guys, right here ah.
3: yeah no they're they've had some low moments but they've had some really high moments i mean galactus and silver surfer is to me some of the greatest comics like where they're introduced the scale of it and everything you know really just brings you that sense of wonder that i like from sci-fi and uh, fantasy and comics like
2: that um and okay sorry. Go ahead. Now I'm talking more like the last 30 years cuz like the the direction comics have taken especially Reed in the last say 10 to 20 cuz if you look at the 90s the 90s was so much X-Men. Like the the Iron Man, Captain America, Fantastic Four, they were all relegated to this like little side table called Marvel Heroes and really didn't get a lot of attention. And then if you look at the last 20 years it's been like well you know Reed is bad. Reed is mm-hmm. he has too much power, yeah. and like they they really haven't been able to let go of that bone. And so, I would yeah, love definitely. a more idealized take on them. Like, hey, it's not you, he doesn't have to be uh, what's his name? Vent, uh, uh, the the venture guy from Venture Brothers, not, <laughs> not the not the brother, but the, the adult. I forgot his name, it's been so long since I watched the Venture Brothers. Dr. Venture, yeah, he doesn't have to be Dr. Venture. I don't want him to be Dr. Venture. Well, I mean. You
0: know, oh, well, James Worms got a good comment here. I think that the Fantastic Four, or particularly Reed, um, as forward thinking, a futurist, not backtracking from the past, though his character characterization is very old fashioned. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. He's he's brilliant, but he's also a kind of a, a narcissistic sociopath to, to an extent, with how he's been characterized more lately. Um, and i i'm not opposed necessarily to that because i think we have a lot of different takes on heroes and the the nuances of them and i think someone who is you know we we've had hot-headed um kind of egomaniacs with like tony stark and um and uh star lord uh he can be a bit uh, uh, full of himself as well but I think that the, the magnitude of of superiority of intellectual superiority that Reed will provide will in itself be really interesting to for all the other characters to just play off of and be annoyed by.
1: Yeah.
0: So I, would, I, I, I would find Esoteric Candy says um, the hard part is introducing Reed Richards this late in the game. Someone on his genius level and science know how, which would be ahead of both the previous go to Stark and Banner. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a good point. Like this guy can't be floating in the background and no one's heard of him. If, if like I was saying, potentially he was a genius back in the 60s and then got lost in time, trapped in the, the quantum verse, like, um, like Ant-Man was trapped for five years in Endgame, um, but much longer, didn't really age was just kind of stuck there and time didn't seem to pass as much I as
2: to be fair that's Paul Rudd, so I don't know if the aging <laughs> thing applies. He's, he's just ageless anyway. Oh, yeah. He like drank Dick Clark's blood like somewhere <laughs> back in the uh, he, he inhabited that trait. It's like a Highlander of ageless people, him and Angela Bassett.
0: Yeah. I mean Nicole Jackson points out <laughs> Shuri is smarter than both of those guys and no one's heard of her. So uh that's
1: that's, That's a scary. great point. That's a great point. No. And, and to that point, like I was watching um, far from home the other day. And I really, the one of the, the things that really works about that movie is that the villains end up being these really smart and creative people who are working for a corporation who are undervalued and underused. Right. Mm. Uh, I, I really like that. And they can do all these great, brilliant things, but people just kind of throw them away. Uh, so they're pissed and now it's like we're going to take over the world. I think um maybe you know a story where Reed is this great genius but he's he has uh, confidence issues and he's toiling away at, at this like horrible corporate job that you know nobody nobody seems to know who he is or care about what he does but one day he decides to you know leave and and become the man he was destined to be. I think that could be fun. Yeah. Um, I think a lot has been
0: said about potential casting and the fans are going wild with just who they want. Um, I'm sure everyone here is familiar with how. Oh, no, no more, more of that. No, take it away. And Emily Blunt are getting. Um, and I would just like to point out what, what the hell is going on with the the, the oh. neck muscles right here. This is weird. I took it Wait. away. <laughs> Don't take it away. Um anyway, I, I think that uh some of the other uh where's the put that back up. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, no, some no, of no. the other uh fan art that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting. Um we're gonna just drop that guy. <laughs> uh here's here's one that had uh the uh, it's always sunny cast here which I thought was kind of funny because <laughs> um, one of my picks would be for Reed Richards would be, uh, oh, there's this Seinfeld one. <laughs> um, Glenn Howerton, I thought would make an excellent Reed Richards because hmm. he's a psychotic egomaniac and like everything he plays and he plays it so well. He does. Uh, he was one of the lead um, people in contention for being Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and I thought, you know, he would be great. But do we want another like maybe even
1: you know white privileged sarcastic asshole in a lead role in a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like they could tone down the sarcasm and, you know, I, I they could spin it differently. It doesn't doesn't have to be this I I hope they spin it differently.
2: Well, I mean, you you're sort of going to have to just because people may people sometimes don't know what they want. People may think they want another Tony Stark, but I feel like we've sort of gotten that I feel like people are full. Like my casting would be more of a confident, no nonsense guy. And my my fan casting, which will never happen, would be John Hamm as Mr. Fantastic.
3: Oh wow. I like that. Just like
2: straight out of Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Like people he's like, well, that's what the money's for, as he plops a quarter off of Mentorch's <laughs> <laughs> head. He would be pretty
0: brutal as well. Uh, Mike, you had a suggestion for who you wanted.
1: Oh yeah, I have a really unpopular Twitter thread uh, about this whole fan casting for the Fantastic Four, and I'm not super into fan casting. Like, it can be fun, but it's it's also kind of pointless, right? Because the studios mm-hmm. are going to pick who they're going to pick, and often their their picks are pretty good, especially if we're talking about the MCU. Like the the more popular fan casting campaigns you hear about for these superhero movies. Are kind of just fueled by people who have a, a limited scope, and they always seem to pick the most obvious or really just the most unsurprising or uninspiring choices. Like Benedict like, Cumberbatch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like John Krasinski, I like Emily Blunt, but I'm so sick of seeing people on Twitter fan cast him as Rita Richards and Sue Storm, like, and I'm sick of all that weird conce- conceptual art like you showed, especially when it gets picked up by these clickbait sites with headlines, and it's like, reveal John Krasinski in costume as Mr. Fantastic. And it's like a fan. Yeah, it's like that.
0: No, the whole the whole Seinfeld cast is back,
1: man. This is, pretty, they're all back. Pretty that good. is brilliant. Pretty, pretty good. Like, pretty good. Let, let Marvel do their job. I think they've proven that they can cast this shit really well, right? And they give us really surprising picks for these iconic roles that end up being like, unexpected but perfect like yeah. that's how we got robert downey jr as iron man uh a relative unknown like tom holland as spider-man the late great chadwick boseman as t'challa right even the minor roles are cast like really clever uh like in ways that defy fan expectations like well, you uh, marissa really tomei cool. yeah like right marissa tomei is Aunt may or tessa thompson as valkyrie like those are like unexpected choices that work incredibly well like
2: you make you make a great great point. One of the things that fans miss is that there's an entire pipeline of actors, yeah. That these these casting directors are plugged into. Like Chadwick Boseman, he may not have broken when Black Panther came out, but he was in the mix. Like his one of his one of his mentors was Denzel Washington. Like, like these there's a, there's an entire group of actors coming up, and like they know what they're doing. So I'm I'm with you, Mike. Like some of these get a little bit old, and it's like okay, I get it. You. You need. You have to fill some some columns today. You gotta. You gotta write an article. This is your job. I'm not mad at you, but you know, just don't say that you've revealed it when it's not actually been cast.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: Mike, you were saying that your pick for, um, for Reed Richards would be William
1: Jackson Harper, right? Yeah, William Jackson Harper from uh, The Good Place. And that's the picture you went with. I, right. gotta I gotta get <laughs> <laughs> shirtless William Jackson Harper. Yeah, I've seen him in some dramatic roles, and this guy can act. Like he's not just he's not oh. just a comedic actor. He can do a lot more. He's and, fantastic. He he's is fantastic.
0: fantastic. It's yeah, it's fitting.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would
2: love it. It would drive people crazy.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> I think you know, I think that could be. I'm all about like you know switching it up in casting as well, and I think that's that could be great. And uh, the MCU could use the diversity
2: for sure. I, like I can I can use a thousand more videos on YouTube that Marvel's gone woke. They're going go <laughs> to
1: right. Um, can, can I can I show my thread that got like no traction on Twitter for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A while back, I casted the Fantastic Four, and people were like, "Nope." So yeah, there's William Jackson Harper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Julia Garner, I think, would be it. Just a she's just a fucking spitfire in she uh, is Ozark. Yeah, in Ozark. And, and,
0: and yes. Yeah, so. I want
1: a Sue Storm that is the antithesis of the Sue Storm you guys mentioned in the comics, who gets her butt spanked by the thing, right? Somebody who doesn't back down. Um, Anthony Ramos as Johnny Storm. He was I like that. Uh, yeah. He was in uh what spike lee's uh she's gotta have it remake and uh of course from hamilton and super charismatic just a great charismatic actor uh o'Shea jackson as ben Grimm. just a really cool kind of bigger guy um i've seen him in a few things uh in the uh uh the classic uh film den of thieves he just owned it that's
0: ice cubes son right
1: yeah how can you tell me face <laughs> and then the cameo from Darcy? That's all you need. You just want
2: Darcy
0: to pop back in there? Okay. Yeah.
1: I didn't know Dimitri was on this podcast. That's an inside joke.
0: <laughs> Dimitri was on this uh, podcast <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple weeks back.
2: Um, I, just, I had to send him a condolences card, by the way. Uh.
0: I, had a, I had a few other people that I was also, you know, just kind of uh, fantasy casting. I like, I just also really like Kristen Bell and everything that she's always in. So, um, seeing her as, as Sue Storm could be great. Um, I don't know this guy's name. He's the asshole in stranger things. Um, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. and I was Billy. like, his name's Billy,
0: Billy. He's Billy in stranger things. And I'm like, he's a hot-headed asshole and he's young. He could be a Johnny storm just cause he's an asshole. And then I saw a lot of people talking about, uh, Terry Cruz as thing. And I'm, you know, I just I just want Terry Crews in in stuff all the time. Anyway, I just like him. Um, I don't remember this Vigo something or other. I think his name's
1: Vigo. He is Vigo.
0: The Vigo the Destroyer. I think Morton uh,
1: the Carpathian
0: <laughs> as uh, Doctor Doom potentially, and uh, a lot of people were were clamoring for Rami Malek as uh, as as Silver Surfer, and I think maybe it's because he's got the the big the big eyes. Does that makes sense to me.
2: So uh say what? Because he's unsettling. He's unsettling, yes. <laughs> okay, look, he is like like I watched the little things and I'm like, man, you were more unsettling than than uh than Jordan Catalano. I forgot his real name.
0: <laughs> Terry <laughs> Cruz is not allowed to be in anything ever, I guess. So
2: I agree. That man, he he had, like, I'm not gonna go on for now. I'm just gonna be quiet. He's um, a great dude. Now. Did he he's do real. some shit? Oh, well, no, He... He gets on people for his own problem. Oh. Like he gets on these really these Twitter rants, but I'm not gonna. I don't want to go into it. Um, but Charlie Theron is who I would I would cast for Invisible Woman.
0: Ooh, yeah, she's awesome. Like I, can I do that too.
2: I you know with the first family, I want them to have some stature. At least Mister and Missus Fantastic. That like I look at them as like carrying the MCU at a certain point, probably five years from now. They're gonna be the Iron Man, the backbone, because mm. like we're in sort of an interstitial period right now, where it's like you got Spider Man. It was supposed to be Black Panther, but you know he tragically passed away. Because like that, that to me was what they were setting up for. Right. He was going to be the one that would carry it forward, and I don't think they really have it now. Like I don't know who's sort of the backbone now. Who's the Tony Stark? Who's the who's the Chris Evans that like you're sort of like man? Oh,
1: Iron Man's in this. And they need somebody to be that guy and, and that lady. Do they? I mean, we got Spider-Man. We got Tom Holland. Who's a genuine star. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's like, if he's, he's a on baby man
2: level is what I'm
1: saying. He, he's a boy, man.
0: We had this comment here from Esoteric candy. It says, sorry, the thing is one of the few notable Jewish characters in comic book history. So I have issues with uh, both these casting choices. And I think that that's a, that's a fair point that I was failing to consider. Um, you know, I think making his uh, his his Jewish background a little bit more more prominent and considered in in the casting of the character would be important. I mean,
2: this, I is I hmm? this is why we're not casting directors.
0: Considering that,
2: this <laughs> is why we're not casting directors. I yeah. mean,
0: they're going to do better job than
2: me at casting. So, I can guarantee yeah. you Marvel has like multiple filters of like let's look through their social media history. Of course. Let's look through. Let's look through the character's history. Let's look yeah. through. Does the is the character's history inherently problematic? And how do we deal with that? Let's not talk about why we can't cast people. Let's just.
0: Letitia, right? You have to drop all social media right now. Oh my
1: god! I <laughs> we have, have so... too much invested in you. Please, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're so right, Elliot. This is why we're like part-time podcasting fans, right? We don't, yeah. you know, this is not our job. We have a good time with this, and it's kind of silly when people. Yell at you on the internet about your fun casting choices, which happens. So,
2: yeah, Yeah, if I was gonna really go through it, like I would approach it like I was writing a legal brief, like I would do like days of research, I'd really get deep into it and think about all the levels. But that's not fun. And if I want to do that, you need to pay me.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, I
0: think that I read a story about Mad Mickelson, Mads Mickelson, um, having to do an audition for Marvel where they actually had him audition for Reed Richards. Mm. He said it was one of the most humiliating auditions he's ever been in cuz they had him walk into the room, he didn't have any lines and they were like, "Now we just want you to stretch and act like your arm is stretching to reach a coke can all the way across the room." And he was just like, "What? <laughs> no, I'm not going to No, that's humiliating. I'm not doing that."
2: What was the guy who who played uh Magneto in the X-Men movies, the young Magneto? I forgot his name. Michael Fassbender. He'd be interesting as Reed Richards.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's also unsettling in a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: In a good way. In a good way. Um, uh, I think uh, you know, before we move on to talking about the X Men, there's just uh, I I wanted to get your kind of final thoughts on if there's anything in particular you really hope to see from from Fantastic Four and things that you things that we've seen in the previous films that you want them to avoid
3: number one for me if you're going to do Galactus he's got to be a giant dude in purple shorts and a giant hat or GTFO yes
1: no oh. No. <laughs> oh, did you kick him off <laughs> yeah <laughs> your, your your take is valid sir but I, I disagree
0: cloud, <laughs> cloud only
1: it's like Mike Thanos over here just stacking
2: <laughs> people out of existence.
0: So it has to be a, a giant humanoid guy just kind of floating through space going, planets.
2: out. Well, I think, I think there's space to do that. They've already established Celestials to a certain degree, and they're going to do that more with Eternals. So, so you could just, I mean, people are willing to accept that at this point.
0: They have nowhere, which is in the head of a gigantic Celestial that all the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy go to. So, yeah. There are gigantic beings that floated through space. Yeah. Um, like, it's better than the clouds.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. Taking back <laughs> on Will, one thing I would love to see is if the setup for Fantastic Four was in the post credit stinger of another movie where you just see the Silver Surfer arrive at the Avengers compound or something.
1: Mm, that'd be great. Just like yeah, because that image of the Silver Surfer is so iconic, and we're all going to know where that's leading. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So just just and he doesn't have to even be Galactus shouldn't even be the main villain of the first Fantastic Four movie. It should be that much of a notice is given of you are within my my master's uh my master's purview now just so you know your your days are numbered. Like that's what I would I, you know that's what I want but I, what I really want them to stay away from is they cannot make Reed Richards and I don't think they will, but they shouldn't make him another Iron Man. That's not his role. Like Spider-Man whether people like it or not, I like it. He's sort of serving that space now. He's not going to be exactly the same. But he's sort of gotten that energy, from, especially from Far From Home, where they show him making his suit. There shouldn't be suits. That is not Reed Richards' thing. He is high science, crazy science. Just let him be Reed Richards. Don't try to recreate RD, RDJ, because that was special. Like, him and Chris Evans are some of the best fa- casting I've ever seen. Um,
0: You're right you guys want to jump over and start talking about uh, the X-Men? Because I think this is even trickier. Mm-hmm. Um, the oh. X-Men bring, being brought into the MCU, I think comes with a lot more baggage. And, you know, regrettably, people who are actually fans of uh, the Fox movies, <laughs> I was less of a fan of, of most of those. I think there is like maybe like, uh, one and a half good
1: movies in that franchise. In my the there's, some re- there's some really good movies in that franchise.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. Like, Fantastic Four, if you don't know enough a lot about the first one, you can sort of throw the entire movies away. X Men, they tricked you. They went back and corrected their mistakes with, uh, I think it was Days of Future Past. Like, they yeah. really, you thought they, like, oh, they got it. To, they, they got it back. They went back to the island. And then they just fucked it up with
1: Apocalypse. <laughs> It, it it's very hit, it's a hit and miss franchise but it is a extremely popular franchise for what it is. Everyone yeah. knows the X-Men. Everyone Hugh Jackman is one of the biggest stars we have. Mm-hmm. Um even the rebooted cast huge stars. Everyone went to see those movies. But it's it's pretty powerful to know that people are hungry for a new version already, right? Yeah. So they can totally reboot it and make it its own thing, but I really hope it's different.
0: I mean, Hugh Jackman was easily the standout. Like, remarkable casting there. But I thought there was just so many missteps, and overall, like, most of the movie story structure just didn't work. I, I kind of liked um, First, first class. class or whatever it was. Um, I liked, like, the... Uh, First two thirds of that movie, I don't remember how that thing ended. I don't think mm-hmm. it ended great. And then Days of Future Past was pretty good, but otherwise, I just I don't know. I mean, looking back at those first few movies, now that we've seen what Marvel's been able to do with the MCU, it's
2: kind of embarrassing. It's it's. Oh, I mean, I don't think, I don't think so. Fair though, like because you, I mean, you you are work. Like you're working those movies. Allowed the MCU now to to happen. Like they didn't know what worked. They didn't really had to sort of figure out. Okay, oh, they they people really will take like colorful costumes. Okay, we can do that now. Because I mean, I think Kevin Feige worked on the first few X Men, and he had to fight for anything comic comic accurate. So I mean, it's it's like I I just it's like it's like one of the reasons I get I don't like when people really bag on the Ben Affleck Daredevil. It's like, well, they didn't really know what they were doing.
0: Blade walked so that the X-Men franchise could run so that (laughs) Daredevil could soar so that the MCU could...
1: I mean, what were you expecting back in the early 2000s when the first X-Men movie came out? And it was a gamble. Um, What they delivered was a really tight story with a lot of personal stakes that was a pretty good thriller um, and a pretty good um, low-key introduction to this crazy world with some genuine stars and a star they plucked out of obscurity to become one of our biggest like pop culture memes like they did a fucking good job with those movies at the beginning okay i mean (laughs) sore spot (laughs) when you put it like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh here's here's the age-old question um what's your ideal x-men lineup if if they're gonna bring the x-men in here which team do you want to see first? I got a hot right.
2: quake. Take it away. What'd you El- say? I got a hot quake. Oh, hot, hot quake. quake. Hot quake. The first X-Men movie, The honestly, the first two should not have Wolverine in it. Yeah. Like, the X-Men need to be their own thing. And when you put Wolverine in it, it becomes Wolverine and friends.
0: Yeah. Does it need to have Professor X in it?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: At least, at least a little bit, but yeah, just, just, And I love Wolverine. Like, I watch the one where he goes to Japan a lot. That's my favorite one. But it's like, just he's he's too big of a personality. You need to let the X-Men establish themselves. A Wolverine movie? Yeah.
0: That's your favorite one? Yeah.
2: I mean, I like a bunch of anime, so that's probably I'm the so reason. Judgy. just straight up, like, <laughs> dang I'm Grant, 100%. you're 100%. hating on everybody's taste today. Oh,
0: you you like that one?
2: No, no, I'm gonna. I'm What's 100%. wrong with you? I like it because <laughs> I really just want to go to Japan, and I'm like, oh, it's superheroes in Japan. I'm good. Um, Elliot, I also thought that one was good. Grant doesn't good. know what he's talking
3: about. I don't.
2: I don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm
0: the X Men. I just felt I felt so disappointed in most of those movies. Um, and I'm like. Do you see what the MCU is doing over here? What are you doing with this franchise? What is the Dark Phoenix? Like, how many times do you have to mess up the Dark Phoenix saga?
2: Yeah, okay, oh, right.
3: The best Dark Phoenix on TV is the Fox animated cartoon series. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, this one. It was awesome.
3: Never right. topped it. No,
0: no. Um Will, what is your ideal lineup? What's your ideal X-Men crew? <laughs>
3: I was gonna say the the second Let's crew. say you get five. You get five people. I get five. Okay, I think Jean Grey, Storm, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Colossus.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Elliot, what do you got?
2: I got Cyclops. gotta have. I'm just looking around my room, to so find another one. You got to have Storm. You got to have Storm. Oh, yeah. I, I would say Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey, Beast, and Iceman. Like, that's Classic. a good sort of nucleus. And then you can build up from there. Maybe even Nightcrawler, but he might be a bit much. Like, I just I just want them to really let the X-Men breathe. Not, like, it should be, like, a small movie at first. Like, let them show like show more of a smaller thing they're dealing with than, like, yeah. Well, because like I think they could be their own wing of the MCU, sort of like you got Guardians of the Galaxy be their own thing. And they mm-hmm. come together for the mega team up, but they shouldn't just be a part of the regular MCU melange. They should they should be like, oh, y'all are time traveling freedom fighters.
1: Uh y'all do your thing until we need you. Like Guardians was. Like yeah. off doing their own thing. Yeah.
0: Mike, Mike, you got your your core five. Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love one, me some Cyclops. No justice one. for them. For the Cyclops movie uh, version yet, so um, Kitty Pride, I think yeah. would be great. What's happening with Grant? Okay,
3: he's looking for his action figures. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kitty Pride! Oh, <laughs> we all love Cyclops. All
0: right, I do not have, have I
3: ci- I don't have a Cyclops. Yeah. I only have a Weapon X Wolverine, where the adamantium is coming out of his skin.
1: You That's don't cool have too. one
0: close at hand that you can just reach over and grab. I like don't. That? I don't. <laughs> well
1: my first pick for the lineup would be kitty pride i don't i don't have a kitty pride toy but especially how she's depicted lately as this like the pirate. super sharp but grounded leader who happens to have a cute pet dragon like that that's fun um i know we've seen him a lot but beast is a favorite of mine but make it like an old man beast and like dial up the disparity between his like Intellectual pursuits and his like intimidating beastly physique for comedy, like make it more of a gag. I think that would be fun. Um, we're doing five, right? Two. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck Jean Grey, fuck Mystique, fucking Iceman. Uh, okay, who do you marry? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I marry Jamie Madrox, the multiple man. I think he's oh. If nice. He's depicted like as the nice. acerbic kind of grounded detective from like the X factor comics. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, we already got
2: a bunch of utility. I'm just yeah. saying.
1: we already got cable in the mix. Cause of Deadpool, he's a fun character. The way Josh Brolin plays him, bring him in. I think we're good. And they shouldn't recast him. They should just be like, you seem
2: really familiar and I don't like you for some reason. Yes.
0: So I think the, the question is how do they intend to integrate x-men then into this universe Mm -hmm. and it seemed like they were dancing around a whole bunch of opportunity for it but they haven't formally announced when the x-men are going to be joining this universe so i wonder if i I kind of feel like the thing that that uh the mcu might try to do is something similar to what they did with the infinity stones but with x-men with mutants Mm -hmm. where they have characters that pop up that start showing abilities, mm-hmm. but we're not sure exactly how they got those abilities. Kind of like how they have these stones pop up in the background of other plots going on. And then, Like Scarlet like, Witch. How, something here has changed on this planet. Was it Thanos' snap that suddenly people are, um, when they're going through puberty, they're starting to develop these powers? Or was it that, um, yeah, WandaVision or something with her, maybe... Uh, in the what is it the multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange movie that's coming up, maybe something between her and Doctor Strange causes some sort of rift in the universe that suddenly people start popping up with mutant powers. However, that won't explain why we would have um, Professor X and Magneto as this older generation that already had abilities. So I, I'm not sure exactly like what what might be the best way to approach integrating that
3: it's a big world building change and Mm -hmm. it really you know because once you start thinking about oh mutants can pop up with powers anywhere it just changes a lot of things and you know it's like why aren't we seeing these people all the time um but i do like your idea of scarlet witch somehow causing mutants because in the comics she does the opposite and she like gets rid of all the mutant powers in one big storyline
0: right and so, if it was kind of the flip with Wandavision, that could have been cool. But I guess it's too soon for that. And you know, one of the other big issues that they would want to explore with mutants is that they're a persecuted a, a, a people, and this is—we're now in a world where superhero powers are pretty, you know, commonplace at this point. Everyone's familiar with the Avengers. Everyone's familiar with um, all these other people getting power. So what is it about the X-Men that they would be outliers that would be persecuted for this?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it it just goes to there's a difference between, you know, taking a super soldier serum or getting bit by a radioactive spider or making a, a super suit. It's that this could happen to your children. And it's not always pretty mutations
0: right i think that would be what they would have to kind of um underscore am i coming in quiet
1: you were for a minute oh
0: i think that might be something that they would have to kind of underscore there this idea that like um there's a bunch of mutants that the abilities are scary and threatening to the human populace Mm -hmm. so it it isn't as, as i mean yeah cyclops his, suddenly his eyes are tearing holes through walls and people are freaking out like, what is going on? We need to stop whatever's going on in this genetic mutation that is causing this destruction. Like if Cyclops suddenly got his powers and killed a bus full of kids accidentally because his, because he happened to be looking at him, <laughs> like how is that for an origin story that shows yeah. why everyone's suddenly terrified of what mutants are?
1: It, or or that the, the, the mutant gene is a side effect of a... I'm just off the top of my head, the barona virus,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and <laughs> it happens to those who don't get vaccinated. Because <laughs> fuck those people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that Baronavirus virus, man.
3: It's a bar- rummer.
2: <laughs> I was like, I'll let you Yeah, I-, I tell you, like what I would think is, like just off the top of my head, because if you really what I would do is I would have it to where the problem also from time is like, if you want to mimic the, the civil rights movement, as time goes on, we're getting further and further away from that. So it's harder and harder to have professor X and Magneto be from that time. And so it's like you, like, you would probably want to shift them to where they were, they were coming up in the early nineties, maybe and watching like Riding King stuff, like what, what happened there. And, what I would do is, I would say the mutants have always been there, but they've been in such small numbers that you could either be isolationist, like, say, Magneto's crew is, or you could just integrate and just hide, like maybe Professor X would do. Right. And then the Thanos Snap are Eternals, which I think they might use um, something about something that happens in either Eternals or there's just the easy ones the Thanos Snap it activated latent in, in, a, in, a, in a larger percentage of the population to where you can no longer hide. And so that that piece is broken because now you have to make a choice. Like it used to be, you know, it'd be one out of every 10 million or something like that. That was a mutant. Now it's like one out of every thousand. And now the numbers are big enough. We, we, we have political power now.
0: Right. I thought, you know, James Worms saying something similar, the idea of like the X-Men are underground, they're hiding, they're Mm -hmm. saving other mutants and putting them into hiding. From feds and whoever is trying to um, round up this this mutation thing and trying to squash it. And Nicole Jackson brings up an interesting idea of uh, maybe the X Men starts out as a television series and evolves to a movie, um, kind of like WandaVision. And I think the opportunities that would be that a television series would give to developing the X Men. We've, we've already seen, you know, how they have to try and cram in all these origin stories with a big bad and everything in into a movie. I think a television series would give them a lot more room for a lot of interesting origins of these characters that, um, you know, deserve more time yeah. for that to be explored. Especially yeah. like considering that's like the whole MCU, like... Um, you know, operation is that they use a single movie to develop each character's origin story and then they have the Avengers assemble.
2: Yeah, like give me like a a Cyclops and a movie, a a Storm movie, like a Kitty Pride movie or a TV series. Like I would I mean there's so much material there. You don't really need to start off with just a full X Men movie. Like it would be great if it was like the X Men was like the Avengers and you would just sort of follow these characters individually until they came together.
0: Right.
3: That'd be rad. I'd really like to see that.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, once again, like nothing's really known about how they're going to approach this. It's just that they now have the ownership rights, and it's assumed that they'll eventually get to the point where they're going to bring in the X-Men. But... they have already brought in Madripoor. Yeah, we've got Madripoor. Um, Is Deadpool officially in the mcu yet yeah
2: they're, they're gonna do something like, i think i read something that they're gonna like have him comment on it as like the way to bring him in he's like i'm what well, i'm I, he's like, so something like where he like i read a bit and this could have been just a fan thing where he can't curse he's gonna get bleeped out every time he tries to like curse over one f word
0: <laughs> what the f- is this yeah okay like I, I i think that'd be great if you buy the dvd and it's all just <laughs> ryan reynolds giving the, the deadpool director's commentary or whatever <laughs> Like the Ben
2: Affleck uh, director's commentary on Armageddon.
0: Yeah. Although you'd probably want to see him too.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts then on um, the X-Men franchise for me is,
1: I think from like any positives from the Fox version they could pull over would be obviously steering into the, the allegorical elements of the mutants you know like making it clear that the mutants are like an avatar for disenfranchised and marginalized people and groups like that was good they did that in those movies but they could have like steered into that a little more
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um i think hopefully the mcu will push that a lot harder and do it with some more grace and style than those other movies did and i think they can especially now since they've dipped their toes into that like cultural and political space with falcon and the winter soldier especially with um with isaiah Washington like they can right. tell those deeper stories
0: that is an excellent point yeah they they seem to be embracing a bit more this moment and this opportunity to have those those bigger and more important conversations in 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 their stories and i hope they lean even further into it Yeah, um, yeah. Anything else, uh, Elliot?
2: Will I feel like I've talked a lot, so like I feel bad that I've talked so much. That's Um, great. I I just I just don't. I'm trying to think of it. It's like I I as a bit of a background. I have every um, Marvel art book since Iron Man, like like the art of the movie, and I've sort of forecasted out. I'm gonna have like 50. I have 23 right now. I'm gonna have 50 by the end of next year. Because there's so many <laughs> Marvel properties coming out, yeah. and just, that that just makes me think of there's no reason for them to rush. Like I think uh, I think it was a Cole Jackson. I think a limited series that's just mutants. It's not even the X Men. Maybe it's like yeah. very lit, like lesser known X Men, like I Man, and like uh, there was a guy who went translucent and gave you an ice cream headache. That was in one of the runs. <laughs> I forgot his name. He's so obscure. Like it's Grant. <laughs> No, Grant's power. He looks like Elijah Wood. That's Grant's power. (laughs) You know,
0: I was um I was looking at other casting, like fan casting for X Men, and -hmm. a lot of people were saying Daniel Radcliffe, and Mm -hmm. I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I looked at some pictures of like Daniel Radcliffe now, and Mm -hmm. he's hairy and he's super cut. And I was like, what happened there?
1: What are doing? Huh?
0: And. He's gonna use another franchise and he's short. He's <laughs> yeah. short, he, he could yeah. be a short Wolverine. Wolverine's supposed to be short and he's um, got a
3: Harry Potter sized chip on his shoulder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he does, he, he's got to get out of the, the shadow of that and, and jump into the, the MCU, yeah, type casting. <laughs> yeah. Um, will any other thoughts
3: on it? I agree with Elliot, I want them to take it slow. I mean, I'm like. I I was happy that there were no X-Men in the MCU. I could be happy with them never being X-Men in the MCU. I mean, we've had so many X-Men movies already. The thing that excites me is when I see something that I never thought I would see in a movie from a comic book in a movie. So that that's where I want them to lean.
1: What what's the thing from the X-Men franchise that you you're like they would never make this or put this on screen? Is it the space stuff that they left out of the, the Phoenix saga or the yeah. Shi'ar empire and all that? Yeah, I got, I
2: got one while we'll think. the stuff they're doing right now with Karkoa, I could never see them do on a movie. let's yeah. just
1: so out there. G- give me the elevator pitch for that. What, what has happened? Well, it's
2: just it's the natural evolution of, of their ideologies. They just sort of go, well, why are we fighting each other? Why don't we just form a nation? And we have a council, we, we figure it out, and then we exert political power. So instead of fighting, what they do is they produce these drugs that lengthen out your lifespan and a few other benefits, and they give it freely to, to, to the rest of the world. Everybody takes it besides Wakanda and, I think, Liberia. And, and, and Magneto goes to Davos in a comic book, and he, he spells out, oh, no, we're going to make you financially dependent. And then we're going to buy your universities, we're going to buy your corporations, and we're going to control the speech because we've learned from you and we're going to buy your banks and we're going to have every, we're going to own all your mortgages. And it's like that, like political power. And like, yeah, that's what, that's what you would do if you really want to be safe, because that's real power. Not like, Hey, I can make beams cut in my eyes. If you, if you like, if you can dictate world policy because you control the drugs that are going to lengthen people's lives, that's a lot of power,
1: man, get David Simon to write it and I'm in
2: (laughs) very well. That'd be pretty tight. So
3: if oh, you okay. guys ever read Generation X, that yes. has some of the most out there characters and storylines, like Chamber, he doesn't have a mouth. His like face is constantly on fire. And then there's this character, uh, like uh, plate it's like the main, what'd you say?
2: Are you talking about Emplate?
3: plate, and then what the the girl's name, who's like oh, Monique, super perfect. Oh, my, but, my name. My name, is, my name is St. Croix. Yes, yes. Like, And the resolution of that is the most insane thing I've ever read in comics. And if they put that on screen, it would blow my mind.
2: I mean, there's already been a Generation X TV movie, so it's there.
3: Right, right. But it goes. It gets pretty wild. Yeah. And there's also um, Spiral, who has like four arms and yeah. four swords and then Mojo. And they, it's some like TV world.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be wild.
0: Will Morris makes a good point here that Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have the voice for um, for Wolverine. And I would just like to say, did you guys see that movie where Bradley Cooper is the country singer? <laughs> that dude took voice lessons to drop his voice like four octaves in order to I do that a, movie.
2: I and got he, a bad case of this. depression. I'm probably going to die here. soon.
0: And uh, you know what? Radcliffe could do that.
2: Hated yeah like I, I wouldn't worry too much about the voice like these these i mean one of the things that you don't realize especially if, like i have like I w- i've i been in literally three plays in my life so really not a theater background right. i'm talking about like three school plays so like one thing you realize Embrace. Until, well yeah you don't realize until you see bad acting is just how good these actors are like you may think he doesn't but if, if you made it if you made it to that to that level you got chops It's like guys on Twitter talking to Brian Scalabrini, like, man, I could beat you in basketball. It's like, well, that's a professional basketball player. That guy's gonna smoke you. Yeah. Even if he's a bench player. So like these these actors, they I have no problem with, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, because he could he could figure it out. Like Marvel would get him ripped as hell. Like, like in terms of like, you know, monkey paw wishes, my genie wish would be like, hey, put me in a Marvel movie and pay me to work out and get me a personal chef and a personal trainer. (laughs) <laughs> give me that Kamal Nanjani uh, deal going on.
3: Right. That was crazy that before and after yeah, blew my mind.
1: I mean in terms of the voice I mean Christian uh, Bale did it convincingly for three Batman movies so
2: yeah well that guy's just a chameleon like did, he went from he went from a movie where he was really overweight to the machinist out of right. nowhere it's like you're gonna hurt your body at a certain point yeah Look at Zoom this! In those labs. Labs. Zoom in on those Zoom in on hands. What a smoke show! <laughs> Whoa! Too much. <laughs> well, am I watching Thor? Because this is the <laughs> scene. Yeah. Um,
0: all right, guys. I think well, that's a good point for us to go ahead and wrap things up here. I want to say thank you so much to our audience for joining us this week. Thank you, Elliot, for joining us. Where can people find you?
2: Uh, on MCU Pod. That's
0: right. <laughs> right here, baby. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button so you can get more Elliot goodness. Um, Will, where can people find you?
3: You can find my comics at hypercastle.com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at
1: William Cardini. Mike, what about you? Follow me on Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia.
0: You can follow me at Baron Von Grant on most places. You can follow our our YouTube live show at youtube.com slash MCU pod. You can follow us at MCU pod over on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, shout out to, to James worm for helping us on Instagram. And uh, you know what? Next week, I'm not sure really what we're going to talk about. We'll figure that out uh, in, in the, the time we have before next week. But uh, if you guys also want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash MCU pod and make it a, that monthly pledge of like $2, $5, $10, And uh, we appreciate all of the support you guys have given us there so far. Um, Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This is a good discussion, guys. I appreciate you guys joining me here. And I guess if we're done, what do we say? MCU (laughs)
2: later.